Hi, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How are you doing? Oh my God. What is, sh- I, I, I feel like I'm in this, this, I feel like we're all living in this like crazy movie or something and it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. And I feel like somehow this is a climax thing where, you know, where they have the big scene where with, you know, where the big confrontation and the big fight scene. And then after that, you know, there's, it resolves, but who the fuck knows? Anyway, you know, this is a rough time for all of you. And uh, I just want you to know I'm here. Uh, It's rough for me too. I had a meltdown on Monday. Okay. I was like, you know what I do? I go like, uh, you know, uh, I'm what my life is meaningless and I'm hopeless. I'm not kidding. And my life is pretty good and I've got nothing to complain about, but I had a meltdown. And I think, um, if you, if you have a meltdown, go for it. You know, it's actually really better to just own the depression or anxiety or whatever it is, know it's normal and just know it will pass because it will pass. And if it doesn't, um, you can actually, actually, I was going to tell you about the service in New York City that's free, any of the five boroughs, 888-NYC-WELL, or you can text 65173 to WELL. And you can always get in touch with me. I, As you know, I'm not licensed, but I do... I, I've been doing this for a long time, and I do uh, I do offer support. Dr. Lisa at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Anytime. Um, and speaking of Radio Free Brooklyn, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. We are the best radio station in the Western Hemisphere because I've checked all of the stations, and that's really, we are the best in this hemisphere. I don't know about the other hemisphere because a lot of those languages I don't really know. But you know what else, before we get started, because I've got this really, really interesting uh, woman on today, Mar- I hope I say her name right, Marilena, Marilena, Logston, and she's a really interesting person, great actress, accomplished, she's done a lot of stuff, and she's had like a lot of crazy shit in her growing up, I just found. But so stick, let me just tell you about um, our city running tours and then we'll get to her, okay? These aren't our city running tours. This is a company called City Running Tours that I, th- this is a really good mental health thing. I'm going to tell you about it, okay? So do you like running or might, or do you like touring the city? Do you like meeting people? Do you like being outdoors? You don't have to be a great runner, but this is really, really healthy mentally, physically, all that stuff to do. And um, so City Running Tours offers neighborhood running tours uh, as a way to discover the history of New York neighborhoods while you're running, why on a run. And there's 23 different tours in five different boroughs everywhere around the New York City area. They're offered seven days a week. Uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens. And there's, you know, schedule. You can book the tour. Find out more information at cityrunningtours, that's plural, dot com, slash New York City. All, you know, all written out, City Running 
tours. Do you know how to be- spell running, you idiot, don't you? I'm not going to spell that for you. Jesus. And and you know what? You should go to uh, radiofreebrooklyn.com and download our app because you can have us you can have Radio Free Brooklyn 24/7 and we're a really great community radio station. We have everything that you could imagine and you can find you can listen to what you already know you love and then find new things including music, politics, comedy, talk. And Dr. Lisa is here every Thursday, 2 to 3. And you can also find over 250 episodes on uh, the archive if you go to my page on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. I think I said RadioFreeBrooklyn.com enough. Hi, Mara. I I have it in my I have a mental block about your name how to print the right it accent. It's all uh, the time. Okay, okay. Say it again. I want to get it right. If you're going to be in therapy I, with me, we're going to be. We're, I have to get it right. <laughs> uh, I say Maria Elena. Maria Elena. Uh, okay, let me Maria just Maria Elena. Maria Elena. Maria Elena. Maria Elena. Maria Elena. So, uh, uh, so anyway, guys, this is Maria Elena's, uh, you know, first session with you know her her first session with Doctor Lisa. She came into therapy today. We're going to find out why in a minute but just let me give you a little bit of background quickly because we did the intake a brief intake um you can find out more about um the acting that maria lena has done on her imbd page which is m-a-r-i-e-l-e-n-a logston l-o-g-s-d-o-n Maria Lena grew up in New York City. She went to. She's an actress. Um, you've probably seen her on TV, whether you know it or not. She and and she's done you know movies as well, but mostly television. She went to LaGuardia High School. Um, her mother was an executive nurse. Her father was a doctor. Like I said, she grew up in New York. I think I said that. Um, I'm just going to say her father died suddenly when she was nine. She has a half-brother and sister that she hasn't met. She's got a lot. There's a lot. There's even more. But you know what? I'm not going to just come out and say, let's, let's, you know, let's see what's going on with her. But anyway, um, Marilyn is also married. She's been in stable relationships uh, her adult life, which I think is pretty admirable for someone who's, an attractive actress with a difficult background it shows a lot of stability. Um, for my point, for my, uh, you know, I, I, I applaud that. Uh, so anyway, uh, thanks for coming in today. What, what, what brings you into therapy? Hi, well, thank you so much. Um, I don't know. I just, I love therapy. Honestly, I, I think it's just a really amazing tool, not just for arty types, but just for everybody to understand their self, themselves better. And uh, I don't know, just... I, so you're in therapy so yourself right now, right? You've been yes. in therapy on and off since you were nine? Yes. So how did you get started in therapy? Well, I think... Um, I, I think I, I, or I know I had ADD from a very young age. I was always very like 
uh, just easily, not, I don't know about easily distracted, but like typical kind of ADD kid, except without the like jumping up and down part, just very like, uh, you know, dreamy, I guess. It, I, I didn't want to be in school. I was just like, I mean, the fuck out of here. Uh, but so uh, my parents were just, maybe it was like a requirement of one of the schools I went to. I don't know, but I was just in therapy and um, I just, was like, oh, okay, I have to go and talk to this lady once a week, whatever. Um, and as I grew up, I realized what a good thing it is or can be for, for, you know, um, and I've just always really been like an advocate for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I always tell people. So it's helped you a lot. It's helped you a lot. And you're in therapy now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And how long have you been with this particular therapist? Um, we actually just started together uh, during the whole pandemic and stuff. It had taken uh-huh. me a while to find a therapist that I really, uh, you know, it wasn't just talk. It was also about like some sort of healing or action. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. just talk about right. my problems or whatever. I, I need like somebody to say, you oh, wa- well, you know, the reason why this happens is, you know, just, yeah, like- you want to get some understanding and, and mm-hmm. some growth. I applaud that. Mm-hmm. Did you, it's hard to find a good therapist. I'm here to it tell is. you myself. So how, how, what, this is why I'm doing this. It's, I yeah. think a lot of it's a joke, frankly, including yeah. what I do, but, um, <laughs> so what was it hard to find a good therapist? Did you try a lot or how did you find your therapist? Um, well, it was hard at first because when I first uh, was looking for a new therapist, um, I kind of outgrown one and... What do you mean by outgrown? Uh, um, I'd seen uh, a specific therapist because she had written a book I liked and I'd seen that she... Really? It was a, what it was, was the book? Can you tell us? Yeah, it was called um, Makeup Don't Break Up. I was going through a breakup at the time and I was just like, do I want to save this relationship? Just like what is going on? And I read mm-hmm. this book mm-hmm. and uh, I saw that she, uh, Bonnie Eakerweil, she uh, has a practice in New York. So I emailed her and we started working together and she really did help me a lot. Um, and then when I, the, the person and I had broken up, we just got to a point where I was like, oh, okay, I think, like... So she helped you get through a breakup, and then you thought, well, yeah. I want to move on to other things. And, and she s- really helped me see my my worth and my value. Ah, and, and the guy um, didn't? I guess. Mm-hmm. And and it, it all kind of led me to kind of continue to boil things down into like, well, why? Why? Mm-hmm. You know, I just saw these patterns... Mm-hmm. Uh, in my uh, that I was like, hold on, I've been here before, and uh, I read a lot of books at the time. Uh, I think my now husband and I were just like moving or something. It was just the money was really tight. I couldn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. see her anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was just mm-hmm. looking for somebody who was less expensive, and I found this wonderful woman. But she was, uh, we were. It wasn't like not a good fit. But it was more about like the talking and less about like the, the, the action, right. I guess. Right, right. Yeah. So it took me a while and I read this great book called Running on Empty by um, John L. Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, yeah, about like childhood emotional neglect. And that was like a big, like, mm. oh. mm-hmm. um, so that's been my big 
focus, I guess, because before I was, you know, I guess everything just like sinks in when it's ready. So I wasn't ready to like receive that kind of information. Right, right. So you feel like you've had some neglect as a child? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, it's, it's, it's like insidious. It makes me very uncomfortable to talk about because I'm still like, oh no, my parents did a great job and I love it. Really? Yeah. Like no one. What? Why do you feel, I, I just want to tell the, tell everybody, by the way, like I had this question in during the intake because her mother is an, was an executive nurse and her father was a doctor mm-hmm. and uh, Marilena, you know, she, so I said, you know, were they around a lot? I, and, you know, as you said, you had uh, a lot of nanny housekeeper people taking care of you because mm-hmm. your parents were working all the time, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that part of so the neglect that is that par- is that yeah. baked in there with the neglect? Cause- oh, definitely. It's very uh-huh. hard because, you know, you it's also like you tell, um, you know, a, everybody will say, well, they you know, they're 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 at the hospital. You know, you just kind of learn it's very it's hard well yeah like they have more important things to deal with at the moment yeah it's not like yeah yeah it's conflicting right because what they're doing is they're great people they're saving lives and helping people in very difficult place you know they're they're, that is a heroic job yeah for sure it is it is also yeah it's very it's a very tricky thing because it's like oh you know you know and somebody will always Mm -hmm. come for you and being like well they they you know they did the best it's like there's so much caught up with it and somebody's always going to take their side and it's just so complicated right so uncomfortable for a lot of people right so um that was one reason why i had to find a certain therapist to talk about this because you know you talk about it with certain friends or family members and everybody has an emotional response to it because they could be a parent and they're, they get offended because they go, Oh, well, what if this is me? You know, you can't people project onto you their own insecurities. Like I'm neglecting my children. My children are mad at me, blah, 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 blah. It's very complicated. What are your feelings about having children? Have you thought about it? I think from a very early age, I knew I didn't want to have children. Um, there was something in me that I was like, I don't show up as my best self sometimes with kids or that's how it was like, or it's grown. Cause now I'm like, uh, I don't think I liked being a kid very much. I didn't like people talking down to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't like people being like, Oh, you're just a kid. I'd be like, ew, fuck you. Like, I just didn't like it. Um, and I think it's just such a big deal. It's such a big responsibility. And the fact that just the offshoot that I could be a bad mom is just too much for me. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure there. So yeah, um, it's just too much. So a lot of, um, so it sounds like you got through the breakup and everything was, you know, you know, you were, you did a lot. I, I'm sure you did a lot of hard work and you had some good help and, you know, you went out and found books and took charge and, 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 and all that, which is great. But, um, so is some of the stuff that you're un- unpacking now about, uh, childhood neglect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of that. And it's also, again, it's difficult to talk about because, 
you know, uh, I think it seems like it's more of a discussion now. I, uh, you know, I always say like, when I was a kid, it was like before kids were people, you know, <laughs> uh-huh, they were, right. they were just like little, weir- little annoying weirdos that you just have mm-hmm. to deal with, you know, or mm-hmm. something. Whereas the young, now it, younger generations even are like so smart and so canny and emotional and, and, and health and, and just being kind is such an important, is such a big deal for them that I really applaud it. And I'm just like, Oh, I love it so much, but I do not think that there was enough of that. Were you, well, were you made, were you bullied as a kid by other kids? No, actually, I feel like I was bullied by teachers. <laughs> like, like school was so traumatic for me, especially because I think I had undiagnosed ADD. So I just like hated being there. And I was like, oh, uh, and also I have dyscalculia. So this was like be- before that was kind of even like an option. So it was just like so much pressure calculus at math uh no i i have like the that um dyslexia for numbers oh oh i see what you're saying is that a name name calculus what does that mean is that a dyscalculia or dyscalculia oh dyscalculia oh that's a that's that's a that's a condition i haven't heard of yet (laughs) yeah it's Hmm. it's it's like you i have like dyslexia for numbers Oh, I learned something today. Thank you. Okay. No. No. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So, um, did your parents put pressure on you to do well in school? Oh yeah, incredible pressure. Uh, there was a lot of pressure. I went to uh, 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 I went to good schools, and so did a lot of my friends. And I, I like to say that we were like trophy babies. We were like, just you have to be, you know so so good at everything that you do there was and and there was a lot of competition between us kids like you know all of our Mm -hmm. parents were competing it was just like really fraught do you do you feel like your parents sort of like your their self-esteem was tied up with your self-esteem like your performance their Mm self-esteem was tied up with your performance I feel like so much of it was tied up because I, excuse me, I try to understand their choices and the the things that they did or didn't do and go like, why, you know, who, who, why, why would they, these like really smart, quote unquote, the thing is they were smart intellectually or they were very good at their jobs, but I think emotionally they were very, very, very unintelligent. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And And they just didn't really have, they didn't want to, I think part, they didn't want to, or they didn't need to develop that part of themselves. Also maybe going into medicine where so much of that is, you have to put that aside. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Exactly. I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I remember hearing how needy I was needy and emotional. Oh, your parents would say that to you? Yeah, well, my mom would say that. To me. I mean, like as a teenager and stuff. Oh, you're so the. And I was, I, you know, that was just very hard for me because I'm a. I, I hate saying this because it sounds so fruity, but like I'm an artist. I'm a sensitive person. Um, but why do you and, even need? But why, you know, when you say that, I'm just going to say this. Um, it sounds hmm. like you're trying, but by saying artist, it sounds like you're trying to legitimize your need for emotional connection yeah. with your parents. 
And I'm saying mm-hmm. that I don't think that's fair to you. I don't think, I think that's just normal. Being an art to me, being an artist doesn't, you, you, it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm protective of you in that it feels like you need to have a reason and you don't, you don't need any reason. You're a child yeah. that needs their parents. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's so funny. Cause like I hear that and I say that to myself, but then there's still this part, it's old, old part of me mm-hmm. that, that would all of the, especially, you know, all of my aunts, uncles, cousins, while well, she's working so hard, you know, give her a break. You know, there wasn't really any room for, so, for, so who do you, who do you hear? Like who's the, who who's the person or people or force who's the voice that says uh you know you're too demanding or too needy who's that voice who who's saying that oh, it's to my you mother. your mother? mother was mm-hmm. she around like how much was she home not a lot um growing up i mean it, you had nannies you yes. know you were you were taken care of okay i was taken care of yeah, no, she, um, so like, and, like, what was the routine? Was she there in the morning? Was she, who picked you up at, was she, did you have dinner with her at night? Sometimes, most of the time, um, I, it's so hard to remember. Uh, yeah. could you count on having her at a recital? You're an actress. Could you have her at like a, like at, you went to LaGuardia, would she come to all your performances? Um, I think that the ones that parents were allowed to, I think she went, um, it wasn't, it was very difficult because she always worked really far away. That was another thing. She, uh, we lived in Manhattan and she was, uh, uh, running a hospital in Brooklyn. Running a hospital. mm -hmm, Yeah. She became the CEO. Chief operating officer of a hospital. one of the C O C whatever, one of those. She was one yeah. of those. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. was she kind of a workaholic? Yes, definitely. Oh, okay. So that's really. I mean, to me, that's really what we're talking about because. Yeah. Um, to me, um, being a workaholic is an addiction. It's an addiction uh, that gets a lot of positive reinforcement, but from society Mm -hmm. but it's really an addiction just like every other addiction you know where people people can't really control it and uh there's a lot of mental machinations to tell yourself it's a good thing and Mm -hmm. you know you're always getting so much positive feedback and it's just really um great for somebody's self-esteem and I can see, you know, it's impressive that your mother did that. Don't you think so too, right? Oh my God. Yeah. It was also a huge part of why I looked up to her. Cause like she, you know, people worked for her, you know what I mean? Like all of the moms I knew, you know, nothing against them, but like they all worked for someone and she was the boss. That was like super cool to see. And it was also like, yeah, really understandable why she couldn't be X, Y, and Z. Cause you know, like I got it even at a young age, but I guess, you know, and, and, and one of the things that 
I'm working on now is like, even though you get it intellectually and you will get it, I guess, like your, your heart or your soul or whatever doesn't like fully get it, I guess. Well, I think on an emotional level, like on an intellectual level, and also on a, you know, pride, proud, uh, you know, I'm sure, but on an emotional level, on a very visceral, primitive human level, you're not getting your needs met by your primary caregiver. And there's, you know, you can't, there's no way to rationalize that or talk about that. that Yeah unmet need that's always sadly going to be unmet right so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I think it's more about fixing it's more about compensating and coping skills than fixing it like owning it it's okay you see it for what it is I think Mm -hmm. um there's one thing I'm I'm thinking about though that I'm curious about so you said your mom died when you were nine. I mean, your dad, I'm sorry. Yes. Dad died when you were nine, right? Mm-hmm. So did that, did, did that change your mother's attitude towards her job? Like where was her job? How did, she, how did your mother change after your father died? How, how was that managed? I don't you? really, re- I don't really remember. Uh, I think maybe she became a little bit more hands on, um, I was so young and, you know, How old were uh, you? Oh, you were nine and she was well, nine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so I, rem- I, I have more memories of us spending time together one-on-one than before. Uh, I think, you know, uh, and also I was like getting older. Um, so she, yeah, we would do the things that we would like do together, um, were like everything Saturday and Sunday we would like get a manicure and pedicure together and you know go shopping and stuff like that yeah that was like our routine and um uh yeah so I think it's honestly hard to say because I was so young I don't really remember Mm -hmm. also it's difficult and that may be part of yeah you know why it's hard to bring that back but also you know I mean, your father was around till you were nine. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I don't hear, I don't feel his presence when you talk about him. And that may be, you know, because it's difficult. But I also wonder if he was nurturing or present as, you know, when you were very young. I think when he was, my mom very much gave him, you know, all of the time with me as possible. Um, Because he was also a workaholic and he also had, you know, um, his. He was a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't really have that much time with me to spend. So when he did, uh, it was um, it was a lot of like quality time. Like he was very big into reading. So he taught me how to read and uh, he, uh, you know, we would do a lot of things together, like little day trips and um uh just you and like him mm-hmm. well I think my mom was with but you know we would have a lot I think I remember a lot of like one-on-one time I think we had yeah that's probably so helpful with your relationships with men and stuff like that that's really great to hear yeah glad to hear yeah that. we yeah, we, um, uh, he was very, in, I think my mom was like, you were the, the grand experiment. He wanted to do everything right with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
so so that was like the you know that's a great thing that sounds so positive mm. so do you, do you think that you know your mom i mean i guess what i'm wondering is if your mom i mean what your mom went through what you all went through is extremely difficult but i wonder if yeah. your mom uh threw herself into work and avoided her you know her home life because of oh probably do you, yeah but do I, you remember her being different before and after uh, I was probably too young to remember, you know, a different. Yeah. So you don't, you don't. Really- um, yeah. Uh, uh, I think, no, I think, you know, she was, I remember her more after mm-hmm. when I, when I think back on like m- memories that stick out, it was with a lot of people, like, a, like a lot more people, you know, we were doing like family things or or, uh, you know, uh, I was with, uh, yeah, like my uh, cousins or grandmother or whatever, um, mm-hmm. a lot more one-on-one time after he died. Mm-hmm, hmm hmm So it sounds like she just really wasn't available, but also not that available emotionally to anybody. No, she, yeah, no, no. I think that that was a big for her uh she as I get older and I remember like comments she would say or things that you know I think she she had a lot of anxiety I think that was always um, a big trait of hers her anxiousness like people would make fun of it you know uh so I wonder it all seems to kind of like blend together that she was so anxious about uh work and all of these huge responsibilities that she had. And she didn't really have a lot of help, you know, after my, my dad died and maybe even while he was alive, I don't know how much emotional help she asked for even, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, so it just, when I think about it, I feel, uh, you know, it's just like a lot of like desperate control, you know? Mm-hmm. She, she wasn't just by her nature being a nurse and all, that she was um, good at keeping her feelings in check when she had to. So she did she seem like she didn't have a whole lot of um, emotional consciousness of, in general? Uh, uh, that things what no, she was a very deep feeling person. I just remember um, the anxiety. It would just be like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, like uh, that feeling. Well, it would depend if it was like a, mm-hmm. you know, thing. It was very like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. But right, um, right. great in emergencies. But, yes, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I have a couple of memories of just like the anxiety being like, and I would always have to be, and I, you know, it would just be like, oh yeah, everybody, calm down. You know, um, uh-huh. like one things. So, um, yeah, it was, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to ask you, it sounds like you're talking about your mom in the past. Is she Mm -hmm. around? Do you have a good, like, what's your relationship with her like now? Well, uh, she unfortunately has Alzheimer's and yeah, assisted living now. She doesn't remember me, uh, anymore. (sighs) 
yeah that so that's been really hard because it's like morning but they you know that they're still around but they're not it's a very strange place to be in that sounds i mean that's incomprehensible to me and you're young you're like 30 something or whatever right yeah um so (laughs) did you have to manage that whole thing on your own getting her into an you know an assisted living or whatever did you have to do all that I, that's the, it's complicated because for a long time I was trying or something and that's, it got very complicated because like the family had to get involved. It was just all like a lot of drama. Um, and you know, it was just like, uh, you know, oh, you say left, they say right. You say right, they say left. It was just, it was just very confusing. So luckily it did get taken care of. My cousins kind of stepped in. Mm. Uh, to take over. Uh, I think they don't have a lot of faith in my abilities to be an adult. Um, Mm -hmm. So they, uh, you know, took over that whole thing, which was lucky because I kept saying, you know, this is a lot and, you know, it's hard for me to do this because it's very emotional. It's just was one of those, you're not doing it right. So, Luckily, they they stepped in and kind of, you know, took over. And I mean that in a good in a good way and like and also in a complicated way. I'm very grateful that they did all that. But it has caused a lot of animosity in the family. But I'm very grateful that they did it because I kept saying, like, look, I'm not, you know, I'll do this. But, you know, it's it's very, like, difficult for me, you know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So that must make it so much more difficult to process your relationship with her and what oh. happened to you when you were younger. I mean, that's, that sounds over, I mean, um, it sounds overwhelming to me. I don't, I can't imagine. That's so difficult. It, I mean, yeah. what? Oh, talk no, about it, that. Yeah, no, it just is. It's very difficult. And uh, luckily, um, I found, uh, you know, a good therapist. Um, my, my husband and I are also in therapy just because I was like, I can't, there's so much here. I need somebody to help me translate it for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's where therapy always, I was always like, Oh, everybody needs to be in this therapy. Like you have a kid, put them in kids therapy. You go to therapy. (laughs) It's not so much, you know, these, we can't do these things for me personally. It's like, it's the, the talking about it without hurting people's feelings or whatever. That's very difficult. That's why you need the outside person. Right. Because where your mother, the situation your mother's in now, I mean, people are, are bound to feel sorry for her. And my family's very with me for reasons, you know, like it's just gets so heated. It gets so emotional. And me personally, I, if, when I get flooded with emotions, that's another thing I work on, like sort of, I guess, what is it like somatic balancing or whatever? When I get flooded, mm-hmm. I tend to get down. So learning how to just be like, okay, everyone shush, just, just, just deal with it. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you must feel, um, there's so many feelings that you must ha- like there's part of you that probably feels 
disappointed like how like how do you even how do you even process that like you feel disappointed but yet there's no way you're also dealing with it in real time in a whole other level right do you go see her very often no I it was I can't like my grandmother had Alzheimer's too and I would have to go and visit at the hospital and it was so traumatic like that's one mm-hmm. reason I kept asking my family for more and more help. Cause I'm like, I can't, this is too uh, emotionally. It's too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you, how are you dealing with that in a day to day kind of like, how, do, how is this affecting you? Um, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty, I mean, I'm impressed how strong you are to have the life that you have. And you, you know, I mean, we're talking about the very difficult part of your life, but in 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 general it seems pretty good i mean you you know you're a successful actress you have a great husband so um you know i give you a lot it's guys this is really admirable you know <laughs> i mean this person didn't just you know a lot of people would have just folded into uh you know a corner and and hidden away but um so you're highly functional. We know that. But how do you cope with this? Or where is it? Where does it really come up? Do you have girlfriends in your relationships? Or where is it really um, it most comes, difficult? Yeah, it kind of comes up every day. Honestly, the thing that I am realizing now is, God bless a lot of my girlfriends and a lot of my family, too. It's something that maybe they struggle with or it's such a new idea of this, like, no matter how much you give and how good you are, there is a chance that you can still neglect your child. And it brings up so much stuff in people. People get so defensive. People get very angry with me. Um, you know, they want to, they, and, and, and it, and it's hard because I, I want to be like, Oh, you know, I'm a human being. Yeah. I could be the bad guy here too sometimes. And that's when, cause I, I just try not to judge my feelings. That's a thing I think one of my therapists is helping me with. Like, if I feel sad that day, I just have to go, I feel sad today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we were saying in the beginning, right? This is a shit yeah. show time. Own mm-hmm. it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and just instead right. of it, um, I think one of the, you know, like if I would tell my mom, like, oh, I'm feeling sad today. She'd just be like, well, just like, you know, shake it off, take a walk, whatever, whatever. And the, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to dwell on my emotions, but I still have to process them. And I think that like, that was a big thing um, in my past, just going, oh, okay. Yeah. You feel sad, but you just have to keep on going, you know? And uh-huh. I, I maybe there was sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, a, disconnect because I think my mother and maybe even like other people in my family, they were just like, yeah, well, we feel the same way and we got over it. You just have to keep going. Um, but like, there's like a new vocabulary about healing going, no, you don't have to keep going. You should, you have to live it. You have to feel it. You have to let it like pass through you kind of, you can't just like, I always say it's like, you know, having food poisoning, you, you have to throw up, you know? Right. Right. That's a great analogy. I love that. Yeah. You feel better once you do. So it's honestly, it's very hard because it's kind of doing a total 180 from things that were very comfortable for me and really 
going really, 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 really deep into, yes, this person may have had really good intentions and they didn't mean to, but they still fucked up. And if right. somebody like, well, they didn't, I'd be like, no, you don't get to tell me your opinion or what you think. This is my truth. I'm allowed to say that. You can't defend. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about your hangups about whatever. You got to put that aside because if it is my space and I am telling you my truth, if that brings up a thing for you, I don't give a shit. That's your mm-hmm. thing. No. So, so it sounds like you're faced with a lot of criticism about criticism about your mom. Oh, yes. Or talking about your mom, even talking. I mean, how can you not feel um, neglected by her when you're talking about her? Um, Yeah. So so is the pushback you get mostly from family members then or where is it coming from? Um, I think I can't even tell. Like, I feel like it's it's um, I don't know if it's something that I just see more, you know, like once you're eyes are open to a certain thing you see it everywhere uh Mm -hmm. so now I just or it just could be like me I'm kind of in a place where I'm like okay what is my perception and what is the reality so like I could say oh yeah you know this one time when I got into a fight with my cousin she could remember it like I don't remember us fighting I remember raised voices you know what I mean so like Mm -hmm. it's part of that like I know, like, this is how it felt. This was my truth at the time. I felt like you were yelling at me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, you, do you feel like some of the, so is a lot of, or some of that criticism internal, like, do you feel like guilty about feeling, oh. you know, angry or disappointed in your mom? Yeah, it's very hard because for so long, I took the role of her caretaker emotionally. I wanted her to be happy. I wanted her to be healthy. I want, I I was just so worried about her all the time. Mm -hmm. And was this before she got sick or before she showed symptoms of Alzheimer's? After my dad died, I was like, now looking back, I think it was, it's like probably where my generalized anxiety came from. But I was like, Oh my God, I only have one parent left. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Ah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like she would come home late. I'd be like, that's it. That's it. She's dead. You know, like, uh, or she wouldn't tell me where she was, all that kind of stuff. And I would just like, like flip the fuck out. And I think that people thought that that was really sweet. They would be like, oh my God, they love each other Mm -hmm. so much. But now as I get older and I unpack things or I ask questions, there was just a lot of codependent enmeshment stuff, stuff that like, it didn't set me up well for a lot of things. And it's a very conscious effort to be working on those things because I don't want to, you know, fall into the old things that I've always known, even if they're not good for me. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, instead of, taking care of yourself I mean that's you know you you wound up focusing on taking looking out for her mm-hmm. yeah and did that was she, did she know that do you think she not. was aware of that no no I think like I one of her uh defenses I think was to um uh like my husband always tells this story like when he first met her I think he she 
um, you know, are you sure? Are you sure you want to, you know, get with her? She's a lot. Ha 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 ha. It was like that gentle ribbing, you know, don't get too cocky, kid, that kind of thing. And, you know, you'd laugh about it. But now your mother, wait, I'm not clear on this. Your mother would say that to your then boyfriend. Yes. Now husband. Really? So your mother, your mother had a, I mean, it wasn't just, she was, um, you know, a distant. It was also that she was critical of you or. I think she thought that it was helpful. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like it was, it's a double-edged sword because like it made me hyper aware of all of these things, but it also made me, yeah, very critical of myself, especially of myself, you know, just a lot of pressure to, to be a certain way. And of course my looks were a very big currency for her. So I just, I got a of, of feedback of, well, Marilena, you know, you, you, uh, you, are you just going to be like, uh, like a rich man's wife or, you know, uh, you're going to have to find a man to keep you in the style to uh. which custom. Then I would just be like, okay. Um, and I think she thought that that was funny, but also those things, you remember those things more than some her saying, oh, you know, you're so capable, you're smart, you're this, you're that. It was just about, you know, my, my looks and stuff. I think she worried that I was dumb or something. So she thought, oh God, you know, God bless, but you know, she's, she's, we're going to have to work on the thing that she does have, which is her, her currency, her looks. So it was very, wow. big, it was very big on keeping me like skinny. I mean, like, no, like she just worried about everything. If I didn't feel like eating what she, what whomever had made, I was, I had an eating disorder. If I, uh, you know, it was just zero to 10. It was just this anxiousness of what's wrong with you. And I was like, nothing's wrong with me. You just need to spend more time with me. What a bad, what a bad negative uh, message. That's like the, sorry, that's really like, yeah, really bad. And like the idea of feminism and that message, like just totally clash. I mean, that's like horrible. That's so like 1950s. Yes. And that was Um, part of the, like, oh, this is old school parenting. And I would be like, yeah, well, it sucks. And she'd be like, lol, you don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She didn't take you seriously. So, Not at all. I mean, we 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 know you're attractive. Uh, so was that? So she kind of thought that was kind of like your way to like, you know, your you know, ace in the hole or your way that I, you you could get through life. Was she thinking that? Did she? Um, I don't know. I mean. Sometimes I think that sometimes I honestly could not tell you it like, um, you know, that was always a very big thing, you know, people, you know, I well, hate saying, mm-hmm. sounds whatever, but like, you know, constantly telling you like, oh, you know, oh, your daughter's so pretty, like, oh, smile at them, whatever. And you just, you do, and it's whatever. And that's oh. one. Oh, so that was something she could use, kind of like what you were saying about in school that, you know, getting good grades was a reflection on them Mm -hmm. as opposed to just learning things and developing. Like, it sounds like she wasn't 
you know, I mean, she wasn't approaching, you know, parenting from the point of view of like, who is this person? What are they naturally good at? What do they do? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what are their interests, how to develop them and stuff like that. It was more, it sounds, you know, more of a bit of, it sounds a bit narcissistic, a reflection of her, right? Yeah. Was your mom um, really, were looks important to her? Was she projecting? Did she worry about her own looks? She did. I mean, she had certain things, you know, like would go and, you know, get her hair done every week and a manicure and pedicure every week. And I would go with her. Um, but as she got older, but also it was like, it was just very confusing. A lot of mixed messages. Um, it was always like, I had to stay very skinny or I didn't have to stay. It would just be like, are you gaining weight? Are you gaining weight? Um, you're naturally thin, I'm guessing. Right. I I mean, uh, but that was like a huge big deal in my family because my adopted sister, everybody gave her such a hard time about her weight. Uh, I think she, uh, but like who cares like they took it so personally dared but everybody in my family is kind of chubby so it was like you know yeah the it was just like this this whole thing about you can't you can't get fat but everybody in my Mm -hmm. family did did it give you food or body issues do you have that now and i love to eat but i definitely you know i i um you know I go like, oh, oh, I shouldn't, you know, like, like I made, you you know, you're just mm -hmm. like, oh, should I, is this a good choice? No, no, no. But then you're just like, just fucking eat, just fucking eat. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I just, I just want you guys, the people, the people, you people out there to know, (laughs) like, this is a really great story of somebody who you know, on the surface seems like they have it all together and things are going and things are going well for you, I believe, uh, in general, but has, you know, kind of, I mean, they're not things that they're not issues or obstacles or difficulties that seem obvious to other people, you know, and so I just want you guys to like, this is a very difficult story and uh, Maria Lena is being very generous on, sh- on sharing it with us. And I want you all to appreciate the what she's done to cope with all this and how she's continuing to cope with all this. And also, I like, you know, it is good to hear that therapy has had a positive impact on some people. And you're one of them because you have you sound like you are interested in finding, you know, how to find a therapist, how to connect with the therapist that's right for you and stuff like that. But I want to know, like, as an actress, I think that, like, this has really probably been great fuel or great, you know, because I can totally see how the presenting yourself and handling things and managing things and taking on other people's feelings and playing character, you know, taking on a character. And I, I want to hear about how your experience have, have really uh, informed your, you know, performance work. Yeah, sure. Well, um, it's funny because I was joking with my, probably with my therapist. Who else do I joke with? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, uh in all of the ways that I think there was so much 
worry about me, about, I don't know, whatever. Uh, all of that sort of stuff that was put on me has actually made me an artist. You know, it was like inescapable. Uh, and mm -hmm. um, part of the big tragedy is if my mother, I think, had given taken the time out to jump outside of her own head, maybe in her anxiety to really get to know me, we would see how much we have in common in that way. Like she raised me on like movies on Hollywood glamor. And that was just like the thing, you know, I just saw it and I took it as a means of study, I guess. Mm -hmm. And just all of the, especially with those older movies, the high drama and also mm -hmm. the high life made me this like, incredibly sensitive person who I think for a long time, I actually could, I was so afraid of going to drama school, like a real, like a long-term drama school. Cause I can't be around actors for too long. Cause we're so, and the, You're so what that cut out. Oh, so needy. Just so like uh, observation and validation and things. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and mm -hmm taken advantage of. And I've also seen people who are just use that as an excuse to just be incredibly, uh, you know, overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly needy and they, they need to be the focus. So my sensitivity uh, definitely helps and it helps mm -hmm. it to people and go, Oh, you're a this type. Oh, you're a that type. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really but I bet I bet it also helps you kind of like put yourself away while you're being somebody else. Sort of. I mean, I kind of think that that's a little bit of a myth because like you can mm -hmm. only I don't, yourself mm -hmm. with another person's like costume on, you know, like I used to think that about acting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A little transformation, you know, uh, oh, all the way down to your DNA. But as I watch on in movies and stuff, some of these really great actors, it, there's a comfort for me to know, oh, they're still playing themselves, but mm -hmm. it's th that's the only person that could play that, you know? Like, mm -hmm. Mary, for example, she has her tells, she has her things that she does over and over and over again, I now Meryl, know. Who are you talking about? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, right. So, like, um, that that was actually really in in my sort of healing journey when I was like, oh my god, I have to be perfect. I have to be better than da da da. da. Now I'm like, I can just be myself, but in my work, I can still be me, just with this other other skin. I guess you know, it's mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. not that earth shattering. You don't have to be a full genius every single time you step in front of the camera. Sometimes you can just be Marie Lena with a hat on, and mm -hmm. maybe that's like. You know, the I don't have to work as hard as I think I do. Uh huh. Uh huh. And well, that was. It sounds, it sounds like you have so many different like emotional points of view, though. You know yes. what I mean? Also, like you kind of grew up with one emotional set, you know, or circumstance, <laughs> and then that has changed, and now you have a completely different set of emotional circumstances or relationship with your mother. And yeah. also, I think it's really, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's worth noting that you don't have any siblings that you grew up with to, yeah. to, you know, share or get a reality check from. You don't really have anybody around to like say what 
to talk with about it, right? What really actually happened? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That was the thing that that uh, I talked about with with my therapist, and um, all you know, the whole idea of found family is such a big thing for me now. Um, you know, I always thought that I was best when I was part of a cast. You know. Mm. That's always been my dream. Whenever I've been at my happiest, I'm like, when have you been at your happiest? And it's like, when I'm on a cast, when I'm part of, not when I'm part of a crew, when I'm part of a cast and there's like crew and there's ever, and you're that little microcosm, that little universe, that little family. And that I love so much. Mm-hmm. 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 It feels sometimes it's that kind of thing that you don't get with blood family. I mean, some people, I don't it's always mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. be yourself and you can say I don't like that I do like that that hurts my mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. yeah there's a great lesson in there because I I did say I think we're kind of post family now especially mm-hmm. during because we don't live near each other we used to grow up near our families and we don't anymore and I want you to tell us what your Instagram is and your IMBD so we can look mm-hmm. at you up go ahead Oh, my Instagram is satin worship, like <laughs> Satan worship, satin, satin dot worship at, uh, at Instagram. That's also my TikTok. I'm starting there. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. <laughs> and you can find me, uh, uh, you can just Google search M-A-R-I-E-L-E-N-A. Last name is L-O-G-S-D-O-N. Wow. Thanks so much, Maria Elena. That was really intense. A lot to think about there. You were very generous in sharing, and I, I find it inspiring, and I bet all you guys will, you know? Whoa. Um, anyway, stick around this afternoon. We've got so much great programming. We, right after this is Lost and Rewound with Elon Denziger. And uh, tune in every Thursday, 2 to 3, for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And go to my page on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and check out. I have over 250 uh, episodes on my homepage in the archives. And you can, that will take you years. You can spend the rest of your life listening to me, okay? And get in touch at Dr. Lisa at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Thanks again. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.